I'm Joss. Hi, I'm Claudia. And this is the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. We're two cousins on opposite ends of the globe with a lot of opinions about figure skating. And we're here to deliver the news, recaps, and potentially injure ourselves trying to hydroblade like the master Keegan Messing. <laughs> How are you? I am honestly really sad. Um, oh no! <laughs> yeah, this weekend, me and my friend Melanie were supposed to go to Skate America, and obviously we couldn't because there are no spectators and very few media people. And she texted me and she was like, I got a notification that we were supposed to be staying at the Cosmopolitan tonight in a very nice room <sighs> away from our children. <laughs> That's the worst. I know. Truly sad. But then we uh, commiserated and we were able to just let ourselves know that we are very thankful to actually be having an event this weekend at all. Yeah. You know, because we have just been so thirsty for any (laughs) amount of figure skating this year that we will take what we can get. Yes. And Skate America certainly did quench our thirst this weekend. It it definitely did. I was a parched lady, but I am... (laughs) A less parched lady, I guess. I was going to say that my thirst has been quenched, but I think I'm just slightly less, less parched. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's great that the event was on. I really, I really wanted you to go and I really wanted to go at least to US Nationals at the end of the year, but that's unlikely to happen. So, yeah, fingers crossed uh, we will get our shit together in the election and potentially be able to hold nationals but that's another conversation why don't we move into news this week yeah and so we're going to start with skate canada updates they recently released a statement about what competitions they'll be holding when they'll be holding them etc and we're just gonna read read the statement so it says the 2021 skate canada challenge will take place remotely on january 11th to 17th Skaters will participate from their home regions with live officiating, providing each with an opportunity to qualify for the 2021 Canadian Championships. The date for submitting video submissions for the junior and senior disciplines will be announced shortly. They then go on to say that the 2021 Canadian Championships are scheduled to take place in person in Vancouver, BC, February 8th to the 14th. The number of competitors has been reduced to accommodate safety protocols. Only junior and senior categories will compete, and each discipline will only have two flights of skaters. More details announced later this year. And I am glad that it has been postponed kind of in this manner, but I am slightly fearful that we will face another kind of four continents issue here where it was postponed and then canceled. So fingers crossed that everyone wears a mask, washes your hands, stay home as much as possible. Maybe we'll get some more figure skating competitions next year. <laughs> I mean, a four continents being cancelled, it was supposed to be held in Sydney, so I was really excited. And then it being like actually cancelled, I was very, very sad. And I mean, currently it's bucketing down with the rain in Sydney, so it's all very pathetic fallacy. And uh, yeah. We're just going to continue mourning our loss here, but uh, <laughs> not a loss. We have a very positive piece of news next. Anna Pogorelia just announced on Instagram a couple of days ago that she is pregnant. Yay. Congratulations, Anna. I We are wishing you a happy and healthy pregnancy. I think in her Instagram photo, she was looking great, looking glowing. 
I'm so she excited. She was looking radiant. Yeah, absolutely. We are very, very excited and congratulations. Congratulations, Anna. Okay. Now, let's go into Skate America. What did you think about the weekend as a whole? <laughs> I thought that it was very interesting and very innovative. I can't help but laugh about all the different variety of folks that we had in the audience. It was amazing. It was truly amazing. We had multiple Geico geckos. We had... They were my favorite members of the audience, though. <laughs> like, And there were dogs there. There were dogs and the Geico lizards just... Sealed the deal. They were my favorite for the weekend. Yeah, they definitely were. We also had, uh, notably, children and toddlers made to blown up to be the same size (laughs) as the adults in the audience. Uh, Me and my friend were laughing because we both have toddlers and we were like, had we sent in our toddlers photographs, would they just be looking exactly the same size as us sitting next to us in the audience, even though we have like three feet on them in height? (laughs) Yeah, and then they could be the same size as Chris Kinnearum in the front row with two thumbs up. (laughs) Or how about the lady with the big yellow Nathan Chen sign? (laughs) There was only Nathan Chen signs, though. Like, no other skaters got signs. All the signs that were there were just all of Nathan. Like, go Nathan! (laughs) You know, I think that if we had to, if we had sponsorships, folks, sponsor us. Um, If we had money at our expense, we would have purchased uh, some Skate America seats and held up signs for other people too, because you you guys all deserve support. Oh yeah. Or maybe you can have like the Go Nathan sign and then when we like flip the sign, it's like other skaters and we can just like hold up multiple like cue cards. We can just have, we can bring multiple, multiple posters. Yeah. We're everyone's cheerleader. Absolutely. Uh, I also thought just randomly... (laughs) Of note that the DJ was super hype, however, also super hype in the year 2005. Uh, <laughs> during the men's free skate warm up, they played Every Time We Touch by Cascada. Oh, and also an extremely spastic, sped up version of Usher's Yeah. <laughs> but they're all bangers. They're so good. But a spastic, sped up version of Yeah? Like how many, how many times? 1.5 times speed? Double speed? What are we talking about? I think here? that. If we're going in a metronome term, uh, if we were at 116 for a quarter note before, we were perhaps at like 208 for a quarter note. We're above 200. We're above 200. It was was all the way. I'm turning the metronome all the way to the right to 208. And we just lost about like 50,000 listeners (laughs) with this metronome analogy. Oh my gosh. Uh, But yeah, I mean, all in all, I think that they really did their best with what they could do. I think they were very safe about things. Yeah, they looked like they were taking really great and strict measures. So the skaters had, and everyone there at the event had to wear masks when they were not on the ice. They take their masks off when they get on the ice and they get on one at a time. They wait for the skater before them to get on and take their masks off and guards and whatever. And then they get on themselves. It's very kind of orderly process. And when, after they compete, when they get off the ice, there's a bucket full like water bottles. And then there's a bucket of all their own personal belongings and they put on their masks straight away. They're the only ones in the kiss and cry. So yeah, I think they did the best they could. So thank you to everyone at Skate America, USFS, people in Vegas who organized a great and safe event for everybody. Yeah. Thank, thank you guys for holding this for us in this What's the word? Unprecedented times. If I hear that phrase one more time, I swear to God. But but truly appreciate everyone's mm-hmm. effort. It, it was it was great. Yeah. All right. 
Let's start off with ice dance and later on we'll get into men's and then in the next episode we'll talk about ladies and pairs. First up, let's talk about Lorraine McNamara and Anton Spiridonov. They are a new team. They've only been together for a couple of months. Joss, what did you think about them? I think they're really interesting. You know, after having watched Lorraine and Quinn, Quinn Carpenter, her previous partner, uh, they split because he actually retired. Um, So now she's with Anton. I think I just have to adjust my eyesight a little bit (laughs) and just kind of like get used to their pairing. I think that for a new team, I thought that they definitely have things to iron out in their programs. But I think I I, I really like them together and I really like him. I I think that he's going to be good. Yeah, he's definitely a quality skater. They overall have great performance quality. She's very, very expressive. In their rhythm dance, they skated to Sweet Charity. They hit only one of their key points, unfortunately. It was a no, 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 yes. But like I said, it was really fun. You could see the performative quality that both of them have. Uh, Their free dance was a Pink Floyd medley of Money and Shine On You Crazy Diamond. And we got some Pink Floyd... I love Pink Floyd. It was great. Yeah, I I think (laughs) every time I hear Pink Floyd, I again have to adjust my eyesight because I'm very used to watching Tessa and Scott's Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. Big Tessa and Scott fan. Yeah. (laughs) However, I always welcome more pairs to do programs to Pink Floyd because I think this is one of those things where like, you know, like in ballet exams, you have specific things that are requirements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I think that everyone needs to do a program to Pink Floyd, even if it's just like, you know. In your bedroom or in your local rink, it should be a necessity. Oh, yeah. Instead of like, we should add more repertoire to the really basic ice dance music that every skater hears over and over and over again whenever they're at the rink. Let's just, let's put some Pink Floyd in. It will definitely be more kind to our ears after hearing the same songs play over and over again. You, everyone who's like been a skater before, you all know what I mean. Um, Yes, be kind to our ears. Kindness to the ears. Kindness to the ears. All right. So yeah, no, they're great. I'm really looking forward to what they come up with next because she's 21, he's 22, still very, very young. Yeah, potentially very long career ahead of them. Another really young couple is Caroline Green and Michael Parsons. She's 17, he's 25. I really like them. They look great together. Yeah, they are super talented. They have a lot of charisma. Um, They did Thoroughly Modern Millie for their rhythm dance. And out of their key points, they had a yes, no, no, yes. So they hit two out of four of their key points. So definitely some room for improvement there. However, I do just really like their energy. I think her costume especially was just beautiful. Oh, yeah, I I completely agree. And yeah, they're just a really refreshing couple. I Both of them are great. They're paired very, very well. And their free dance, though, was a little controversial. It was to dance for me and nothing compares to you. Yeah, especially with people on Twitter. They were definitely a buzz about this free program. And... I think that the issue here is that Caroline is barely 17 and Michael is 25. Michael is a grown adult at 25 and Caroline is obviously still a teen. We just need to make sure that we are not forcing or placing too much innuendo upon them in this program and just in their pairing in general. I know that in Ice Dance, uh, we tend to have kind of like there, there tends to be like this huge push for like heterosexual romantic energy, right? And I think that here we need to make sure that Caroline has consent in kind of making a program 
and isn't like persuaded into a program that is in some way sexualizing her and her 25-year-old partner's relationship and that she is not pressured into this in any way. We just want to make sure that the conversation continues around this, especially for these pairs that a lot of them have very young girls and partners, male partners who are adults. So we just want to make sure that we continue this conversation going with regards to consent in the sport, because that is just such a huge thing that has come to the forefront of conversations recently. And we want to make sure that that keeps going and that everyone in the partnership is respected. 100%. And they're so talented. They don't need anything extra. They don't need, you know, that additional showmance or something. They've got quality oozing out of their fingertips. So Let's focus on that. And yeah, I mean, they've only been together. This is their second season together. So they're still kind of new. I think, you know, they've just got so much talent that they're going to really make a push forward in the years to come. Definitely. We we don't want to be like pushing the showmance onto them and, and having their partnership be seen like in the media and on social media and stuff kind of in yeah. this light. It's just unfair to both of them. Yeah, exactly. It is very unfair to both of them. And they need to kind of cultivate their development as athletes, both individual and as a pair, without this kind of romantic notion being pushed upon them, especially with their age. Mm-hmm. We love them. But let's move on. Cool. Let's talk about Christina Carrera and Anthony Ponomarenko. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I have to laugh. It's not funny, but I, I was just watching. I think it was Ice Ice Desk. I think it was like the U.S. Figure Skating Fan Zone Ice Desk today. And someone had said in that conversation that this is the only ice dance pair that competed that has more than 11 syllables in their combined names together. And I just can't. <laughs> I, I literally cannot hear their names together without thinking about that in the future. <laughs> So uh, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Ponomarenko, for the flow and pairing of his name. (laughs) Anthony Ponomarenko. It's very easy and like flowy and nice to say. (laughs) Yeah, no, props to you guys. So, all right, about their skating, their rhythm dance was too too darn hot. Ah. (laughs) I I think that if Maddie Chalk and Evan Bates were here, it would definitely be way too hot. Does it really (laughs) need to be this hot? This just reminds me. (laughs) of in our intro episode how you had asked one of our like non-figure skating questions was whether we what season we prefer and we both said like autumn or winter because yeah yeah yeah. in the winter you could always like put more blankets and clothes on if you're too cold but in the summer if you're hot like if it's too darn hot you're like real (laughs) screwed if if you're just overheating (laughs) yeah and just to you know add on to the theme that we managed to bring up every single episode about climate change and sustainability we don't want it to be too darn hot no it's fire season in california (laughs) obviously australia's just fire season every single bloody summer so let's keep it less hot (laughs) but speaking about that this too darn hot was hella hot. It was very I really, good. really liked it. Yeah, it was it was so good. Yes, it was very, very good. I really enjoyed this. I I always question a new too darn hot program, but I did not question this program at all. They hit three of their four key points, so they had a no, yes, yes, yes. And he is just Anthony, sir. Your edges. Hello. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. It's 100% from his DNA. I mean, his parents are the 1992 Olympic ice dancing champions, Marina Klimova and Sergei Ponomarenko. Ponomarenko. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, just, I love saying it. I love saying it. But he's got hella great edges. I'm very envious. They both had really great level four twizzles. Uh, they did very well in their protocols. So they had the same base technical score as Hubble and Donahue and Hawaii and Baker. Uh, they were just under Hawaii and Baker after, you know, factoring in the GOE. But where they like lost out mainly was the PCS. They were two points behind John Luke and Caitlin. But, you know, she's 20, he's 19. That kind of makes sense. Like, I forget how young they are because they skate with such maturity. But I really enjoyed the rhythm dance. It was great. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, their twizzles were great. Anthony's edges. I mean, Anthony, a- apart from having jeans, also works extremely hard. I feel a lot of chemistry in their partnership. And I I just, I really, really enjoy their rhythm dance. I also really enjoyed their free dance, which is to uh, some cuts from Dr. Zhivago, which, fun fact, is my dad's favorite soundtrack, and I grew up listening to a lot. Um, so every time I hear wow. it on the ice, I'm I'm just very pleased. There's there's a plus one from plus plus five GOE from me for for Dr. Zhivago. I was like only plus, plus one. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. <gasps> what kind of judge are you? Plus five GOE. I apologize. <laughs> no, their their Dr. Zhivago was really great. I thought the packaging of it was really good. The costumes were there. I love their take on Dr. Zhivago because they use cuts of the music that haven't really been heard before. And so it was really fresh. And that was just my impression of that whole free dance. Very fresh, very crisp. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think this program has a lot of potential. I really enjoy it. I think both of these programs fit really well together, just in their tone. I love this. I love everything that's going on. Yeah, me too. Okay, let's talk about more things that we love, more programs that we love, and they came from Caitlin Hawaii and Jean-Luc Baker. I love these two. I'm obsessed. I love them so much. I love them so much. Okay, so they've kept their rhythm dance like many, many other ice dance teams. It's to Saturday Night Fever. The costumes are so fucking fire. They're so great. I swear to God, if these two did not keep the same rhythm dance when the rhythm dance was the same two seasons in a row, we would have had words, Caitlin and John Luke. Yes, we would have been rioting. We'd be like banging at your front door, just going, no, no Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> oh, it, it's so great. It's so great. I mean, it was also great because they hit all their key points. Really, really great. Their twizzles look great, even though Jean-Luc dropped a level in his twizzles. Hmm. But yeah, they they really lost out on GOE though. Hubble and Donahue had the, pretty much the same base technical score. But yeah, they just got better GOE than Caitlin and Jean-Luc. And maybe that's just because of experience, because of their age. But yeah... And they were just a bit behind in PCS too, but I just love this program so much. So I would probably, if I was a judge, I'd be hella biased and just give them plus fives for everything. <laughs> yeah, because I, because I love it. But but no, I, I think that I definitely saw John Luke kind of made a mistake in the first set of Twizzles. I was like, sir, 
I swear. But <laughs> I still really enjoyed the program. It's just such an entertaining program, you know, and I think it really connects with the audience. I love their costumes and it is very much them. Like, I think this is very much their energy. Super oh, yeah. on brand. You know, John Luke's probably going to like wear his costume home and just have a little boogie in his room I, and just go, I can see. Yeah, it. I'm feeling this. <laughs> I love both of them so much. I, I truly love them. I also love their free dance this season, which we is We get more to, Philip Glass. Yeah, more Philip Glass, which is to Heart of Glass and First Movement by Philip Glass. They heard my prayers. Yeah, now everyone's going to do Philip Glass. They're like, oh, Claudia wants that shit. We love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because everyone listens to what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I... Okay, the first glaring thing is her dress. Caitlin. Oh, Caitlin. I'm sorry. It, it really looks like I, I, I do. Lo- I love literally everything about this program except for her costume. It looks like just because this is in Vegas, right? It looks like she went to one of the magicians beforehand and volunteered to be sawed in half in the box and then just kind of came to, to skate without changing. I'm so sorry, but maybe we shouldn't cut Caitlin in half before her free dance. <laughs> Oh, no, I I agree. I love everything about it. They carried such great speed throughout the program. Yeah, I love Philip Glass and Caitlin and Jean-Luc skating to Philip Glass. It was a great free dance. Obviously, there were some technical things that they could improve on and work on to make them absolutely stunning, like even more stunning. But the story is there, just the connection, emotion, it's all there for me. Apart from the dress, that was the big miss. Sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> Negative GOEs for the dress. It was it was a little like jarring, kind of like seeing her skate out and that. I was like, oh, are, are you okay? Like, <laughs> Halloween costume. Do you need a it's tissue? Not now. Halloween's yeah. later on. It's in a couple of days. Yeah, no. <laughs> Do you need a tissue? <laughs> just wait, please. Like it's less than a week. But yeah, I was I was honestly quite worried. But but I think that here, you know, like. We do know that all the judges, you know, are American here. So there is something to be said about kind of like, quote unquote, like nationals style scoring, you know. But yeah. but I think that in terms of the GOEs that were given to them, um, even though they had a higher base technical score than, than Hubble and Donahue, I think that the GOEs were rightfully given uh, lower than Hubble and Donahue. Yeah. And they were also 2.4 points behind Hubble and Donahue and PCS. Again, I think rightfully given this program has a lot to evolve into. But like, I love it. Love it. Yeah. And I think it's good for them because they know exactly where to improve on. They've said themselves they've been working super hard on the presentation and staying uh, connected and focused on their character and how they deliver it. So you know that they're working really hard and it's great to see the hard work paying off, you know, and I'm sure, especially when we get into next season, which is the Olympic season, we are going to see them like really, really gear up. And I'm really excited for that. I Yeah, I, I like this free dance a lot better than last season's free dance. Last season's free dance never quite hit the mark, you know, just with the way that they performed it, the way that they skated it, and also just kind of like emotionally. So mm-hmm. this is, I, I love this. I think I think that overall, like on Twitter and everyone responding to it, responded pretty positively to just yeah. how like it's set yeah. up and everything about it. So yeah, I mean, I, I do have to mention... You know, we'll talk about him later, but maybe they had a conversation with their BFF, Nathan Chen, and they're just like, you're skating to Philip Glass? Maybe we should skate to Philip Glass. Hey. They should spread the word more. We love Philip Glass. They should spread the word. 
He's got a ton of material people can choose from. So yeah. let's give Max Richter and Abel Kozeniowski a break. You know, they've got great scores themselves, but they're kind of becoming war horses at the moment. And yeah, let's give them a break. Philip Glass is there. Yeah, good sirs. Take a seat. Time for the next generation. <laughs> Take a seat. <laughs> okay, let's move to Madison Hubble and Zach Donahue. Oh, our friends, Maddie and Zach. Uh, well, our first friends. of all, uh, on on positive note, I do have to say that I'm very glad that Daddy has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> yes, their rhythm dance changed to burlesque this season, and I think me, you, and everybody else thinks that burlesque is a much better choice for them. I think it's a much better home for my heart than with Daddy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I can't help it, okay? We were just forced upon this egregious music all of last season. My heart belongs to daddy. Now at least we get something a little more peaceful. (laughs) Yes, you mean Christina Aguilera wailing, which is is our piece. It it is our piece. This is our piece. This is our emotional piece. Yeah, it was a really good skate from them. They had great twizzles. They hit all their key points. It was really good. But my comment, my major comment was Maddie's dress looks like she stuck... You know those uh, clip textures that you can clip and make like a chain out of them? It looks like she stuck those on the end of her skirt. I was uh, sent this graphic of one of the noisemakers that you blow into and they expand on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like this. It's kind of just like this material. First of all, the material. I don't know exactly what the material is, but it clings in not a very flattering way. Not necessarily on her, but just on everyone. And also... Not just the gold dress, okay, but Zach's costume. I don't like this like mini mesh peekaboo with the vest top. I think <laughs> mini it's mesh little, peekaboo. I think it's a little odd. Like every time he would lift his arms, there'd be just like this tiny itty bitty piece of mesh kind of like peeking out uh, on the bottom part of his armpit. And I'm like, is this on purpose? Like I just, I can't tell if this is like a purposeful decision that's being made. I think that there needs to be a lot of rethinking done with these costumes because they are very distracting. Maybe that, maybe that was the whole point of it though. (laughs) It's possible. (laughs) It is possible, but you can really tell how clean they were. And you can definitely tell why they got the GOAs that they got. Everything was very, very crisp, clean, assured. They did well in the rhythm dance. For their free dance, they skated to Hallelujah. Now, we got some interesting uh, quotes from the press conference. Joss. <laughs> we did. And I think this is the reason why I have so much trouble like connecting to them as a pair because their skating is amazing. Like undeniably. Yeah. Yeah. They're coached by like literally one of the best coaches in dance right now. And Marie France and Patrice. Yeah, we we love them, right? And I think the issue is that they they kind of like push this highly extremely curated image of them that is intimate yet not intimate at all. It feels curated, but intimate at the same time. And it's kind of odd. So this quote that Claudia was talking about during the press conference, I found this on Twitter. Uh, Maddie talked about Zach, how Zach sings hallelujah to her. And because, okay, so the backstory of this, if you guys didn't know, is that they did a program to hallelujah before. Okay. And everyone commented before on how they loved it so much, the lyrical quality of it, the way that it flowed, um, the way that it was a very... It's not a classical piece, right? Because it's not from the classical era, but like just like a very staple piece, I guess, of music and skating. And 
I, I guess, so her quote is, we wanted to marry the two versions, the two being the Katie Lang and the Jeff Buckley, and the version that Zach used to sing to me by Jeff Buckley. Side note, they used to date. Yes, they did used to date. Um, but dating, dating life aside, I, I think that their image, I think they just need to maybe work on their public image a little bit. It feels curated yet intimate. And it, it it's gives... It's a very unique image package that they have presented to everyone. Yeah, and maybe perhaps a little bit confused. Like there is a picture on Instagram that I literally remember because I remember it oh popping up and I was like, I needed to do a double take because I was like, I don't know what's happening here. So this picture is from April. I have it pulled up here. And she has her hands. It's a black and white photo and she's kind of like behind him. And she has his hands splayed on his face and he has his eyes closed and looks like he is like in a dream or perhaps experiencing bliss. Like, I'm, I just don't really quite know what's going on here. And it looks like she's like maybe pulling his eyes down. It's very odd. I, yeah, I don't really know. Maybe like massaging the oils in after he's done a face mask. Like, those are the motions that I engage with after I've done a face mask. But the another odd part of this photo is the caption is a few lines from Emily Dickinson. Like, I just don't understand this energy that they're giving off. And I think that that really comes across in the package that they portray in general, just with the way that they skate and the energy that they give off on the ice. I think it's very confused and maybe they should review it slightly. That's just my <laughs> They should though. review it. It's <laughs> Okay, it is a very chaotic energy i is it chaotic good is it chaotic neutral is it chaotic evil who knows <laughs> it's just chaotic right but what you cannot deny is that you know they have quality they are really good skaters and i really think that the hallelujah program is really good it's not a bad program at all and i i think it's a good vehicle from them i understand completely why everyone uh you know waxed lyrical about their exhibition to hallelujah a couple of years ago and yeah, I mean, no wonder they won, really. Yeah, they they are amazing. And I think this is the frustrating part about it is that like we all know that they're so good, right? And this year they have even more on their side. Scott Moyer choreographed Hallelujah. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. to mention that. That is, I knew, I knew it, but I think he did a really good job. Yeah, he. I mean, I really enjoy the choreography. I do have one issue with it though, okay? I mean, okay. I, I sound like such, I'm just like shitting on them, but I'm not, you know? Like I really do enjoy them. I'm just kind of frustrated. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. the issue that I have with them is the same issue that I have with Mariah Bell's ABBA program. And I mean, there there are a lot. I, Mariah Bell's ABBA program, we'll talk about that later. But <laughs> There's the, a lot of issues. <laughs> the one main issue that I have with the ABBA program is that the big elements and kind of like the ooh and ah elements from the crowd, like the big jumps and stuff, don't mm -hmm. come at times where the music swells. Okay, no, I understand that. And in this Hallelujah program, the big elements don't necessarily always match up with where the music mm -hmm. swells. So it doesn't have that full effect and kind of adds to this like confusion slash frustration of mine. But anyways, the, the point is they're great skaters. I just think that they need to work a little bit on their packaging. Yeah. And I think with your comment there, they will definitely watch back this performance and, and really nitpick at how to improve it before nationals and hopefully more international competitions next year if they happen. But yeah. Yes, please, please happen. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good uh, dance field, especially in the second half. And I really enjoyed seeing the same but new rhythm dances because I absolutely love the theme from last season. It was so great. So I'm just I'm just really, really happy that I get to see those rhythm dances again. <laughs> That's all really. Yeah, full stop. <laughs> 
Okay, great. That's it for Ice Dance. And let's move in to men. We had a pretty cool field. We had two Israelis. Uh, how about we start off with talking about Daniel Samoin? Oh, yeah, sure. I think that he has a very fun, young energy. However, uh, this is this was not the greatest outing from him. Yeah. He fell a lot. And I think, okay, so his short program was to Imagine Dragons and his free skate was from The Peacemaker by Hans Zimmer. I personally am not a big Imagine Dragons fan. I think that their keyboard consists of maybe like five white keys and three black keys. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but uh, apart from They've that. They've got the four chords going on. Yeah. The standard four chords. That's all they need. Uh, my 15-year-old self loved Imagine Dragons. <laughs> like my workout playlist was just Imagine Dragons when I was 15. But yeah, no, it's a shame because he's much better than this. And, you know, this might just be down to conditioning, especially this year in COVID. But like initial program, his triple looks was huge. He could have tagged on a triple toe, but he didn't. He just went for the double. And I was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I was like, sir. But also like, I, I think the way that he falls really kind of like freaks me out. Like there are some skaters that fall and there are some skaters that like curse splat. You know, like you mean Anna Pogorelia? Yeah, Anna Pogor- <laughs> like Boyang Jin, like uh, Max Aaron really curse splats a lot. Oh, true. <laughs> but you you can't beat Anna Pogorelia. She set the bar so fucking high. A true curse splat. Um, I was. Re- we can add Daniel here, young Danny, to our curse splatting team. <laughs> uh, he just really worried me. I was like, "Are you okay?" Like, just I think I think that uh, we can have some falling lessons and. And and also like I understand that like like you don't want to like fall or like put your hand down you know or, or two foot a jump but like oh man he he just really worried me and I promise that you know in our intro episode I also talked about my anxiety a lot my anxiety is well managed <laughs> Daniel let's just work on our falling a little bit here well I mean at least he went for the jump and he didn't just go and pop everything so kudos to him for that but oh in the free skate though I really love the simplicity of his costume. That was a plus. It was just really nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I, th- I really hope that, you know, with more training time, with more ice time, that his jumps will return and become, and that also he will have better conditioning. I think that, you know, with more ice time, hopefully everything kind of improves for him because that was a great, like, first showing of two potentially, like, really strong programs that he could have had. And I honestly am just so glad that we had Israeli athletes here, you know, because otherwise it would have just been, like, U.S. Nationals plus, you know? I mean, I mean, no, what I wrote, what I really mean is that it would have been, like, U.S. Nationals light, you know? But, like, now we have U.S. Nationals plus. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about... I want to talk about somebody who is very much in the realm of skating to Imagine Dragons. Everybody's crowd favorite, Jimmy Ma. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy Ma. <laughs> so his short program is to come together by Gary Clark Jr. And I thought it was fun and scrappy, just like Jimmy's brand. Yeah, I think that uh, so there's a comment on figure skating Reddit that I saw that was just hysterical. <laughs> it is Jimmy reminds me of Kevin Amos in that he just yeets himself into the air and <laughs> hopes he lands it. I think I laughed for half an hour because this is so his energy, but it's super true. Just like the way that he it's enters so his true. jumps. I'm like, Jimmy, sir. <laughs> okay, so like in the short, right, he popped his quad toe and it sucks because you can see how much height he can generate. So the whole yeeting concept, bang on. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, his free skate is to Lincoln Park. I love Lincoln Park. Uh, but he's wearing a hoodie. <laughs> okay. It's not but he was wearing a hoodie. It was and he was wearing a hoodie. Because <laughs> it's a tie-dye hoodie. I think this is the uniform for a uh, Lincoln Park concert. I think definitely at least six out of ten people at Lincoln Park concerts are wearing hoodies. It was just... I love Jimmy Ma. He brings so much to the figure skating family, including the tie-dye purple hoodie. Great. Yeah. It's, it's so great. You know, he had a decent skate here. So he does a gorgeous quad toe and then, you know, he puts it in combination, but he flubs the double toe. Like, it, it, that's very much his energy okay. where he does an okay. amazing, difficult jump. And then when it gets to a double toe combination, he just can't do the double toe. Like, come on, Jimmy. It's very on, relatable. Jimmy, you can for do me, it. Though. You can do it, Jimmy. But you can do it. No, he had a really good skate, and he was. I think he was really happy with himself, or maybe he was just happy that he got to show off his hoodie. Who knows? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it's kind of a cute hoodie. Yeah, I, I'd wear it. I'd wear it. I would totally wear that hoodie. All right, let's talk about a little bean who kind of stole the show. His name is Ilya Malinin. He's fifteen. He is so heckin' cute. He is so cute. Love him. And with that being said, I hope that U.S. figure skating doesn't kind of push him too hard and be like, he's the next big thing because we can see yeah. it. We don't need the narrative, right? Yeah. So his short program is to Billie Jean by David Cook. I loved it. Oh my gosh. Okay. I need to interject here. David Cook is one of those American Idol winners that you don't really hear too much about. But, like, I really enjoyed David Cook when he was on the show. So when his name popped up, I was like, oh, my God. Here he is again. Here he is at Nationals Plus. I love it. Hi, David. Hey, Hey, Dave. Dave. Hey, Billie Jean. Hey, Dave. Uh, (laughs) Ilya is such a talent. I'm very excited for him. In his short, he did a quad toe and a quad style triple toe. They looked so solid. Uh, I think everybody was just excited about him. Yeah, and in his free skate, uh, it was to Nobody Knows by Autographed. He had a quad toe. He had a quad sal. It was just, it was all damn quads. All damn quads. I love this boy. The end combo spin had awesome and really, really cool positions. But one thing, I have to say one thing. Will the ISU commentator just zip it? during his program. He was talking so much through Ilya's free skate. I was like, I just want to watch the boy skate in in relative silence. Like, please, we all get how good he is. Just shush. I was just like, Ted Barton, please give this person some lessons. Yeah, I. Uh, this is where I'm very thankful for Peacock Premium. Uh, there was no commentary. <laughs> this is not sponsored by Peacock Premium. However, Peacock Premium, if, if, if you, you want, want to sponsor, sponsor me us. for the <laughs> remainder of the season and... Uh, uh, not have me pay my fees, I would very be very much obliged. I mean, we wouldn't mind. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, he's Ilya's 15. Like, oh, I can't even comprehend that in my mind. Like, he's got even eight. He's got so many years until he kind of hits his peak. So excited. USFS, please don't push him too far. We want him to stay healthy and develop properly. So we actually have a star that continues for a while because... That may well be him. Yeah, Ilya, write your own narrative. Yeah, and somebody else who's working on writing his own book slash narrative is Mr. Alexei Krasnojan. Thanks, USFS, for providing that information in his bio, by the way. (laughs) His hobbies also include snowboarding, mountain biking, reading, swimming, and computer programming. Thank you, Alexei. What what can he not do? What can he not do? (laughs) 
Uh, so his short program this year is to Hard Upon My Sleeve, and his free skate, very interestingly, is to Dracula, not necessarily the music that I would have chosen for him. But yeah, real interesting. Look, he was very, very into it. Now, let's start off with his short program. That quad loop, great. It looked really solid. But also, I felt that this was a very, very Yagudin-esque program. And... What made me really laugh, though, like, bless you, Alexei, but he had a stank face in the middle of his program, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> oh, no, Alex, That please. doesn't add to PCS, I'm pretty sure. Rain it in, Alex, please. Uh, I, I think that he, um, maybe during the off-season, maybe perhaps didn't work on his flexibility a ton. I think we we can see him struggling a little bit with his flexibility this season. In his um, spins. They yeah, I bad. also think... Yeah, the spins had negative GOEs. I think there needs to be a lot of improvement kind of in the non-jump realm, but there was a big quad loop. We love the big quad loop. Look, I will I will 100% say with no qualms whatsoever that the ISU commentator for Skate America, I didn't like him at all. However, he did say about Alexei's short program, plenty of speed, but unfortunately the quality was patchy. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, Sir, okay. sir. Like he's he said like a couple of really rude things just across the entire uh, the entire event. But I was just like, oh, this this may be a little true point. Like he's Alexei's got a bit of work to do. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about his free skate Dracula. Um, it was very intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to work on his conditioning. Because he was so gassed at the end. And I think that's just with everyone. They need to work on their conditioning. They haven't had a lot of ice time. But, you know, he really enjoyed the program, I think. He was so into it. I just think that he definitely needs to work on his conditioning. He looked so tired. I was like, you need a chair and a water bottle. Take a load off. Yeah, like, (laughs) take a load (laughs) off. Don't even get off the ice. Just, yeah. Uh, Okay. I think that's all for him. He just needs to, yeah. Good on you for enjoying Dracula, Alexei. Yeah. Let's move on to another Alexei. Alexei Bachenko. Oh, Uncle, we love him Uncle very Bichenko. much. True love. True we, love. We, Uncle Bachenko is our, is one of our favorites. We love him. I truly love Uncle Bachenko. Now, before we get onto how he skated at Skate America, I do need to say something. And this is purely just for Joss. In his ISU bio, he lists his hobbies as partying, <laughs> music, sports, and traveling. Wait, this is a lot of like generic words, okay? This is like the guy that you find on Hinge. But it's on brand. It's super on yeah. brand. This Okay, this is like the guy that you find on Hinge. And he's like, I love hiking, spending time with my family, and petting my dog. <laughs> but I'm not like any other guys. <laughs> But I'm not like any other guys. I just love that his hobbies are sports, you know, just like all sports, everyone. No, no, no. I love how that's what you gravitated towards, but I loved the partying. partying. Like, Alexei Bachenko, you're 32, and you, you said in an interview that you aim to be, like, the oldest, what was it, the oldest skater at the Olympics? Wait, hang on, let me pull up the quote. Okay, the, 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 the quote is, this is actually a very sweet quote, but he has a goal to become the oldest man to compete at an Olympic Winter Games, uh, in brackets, 2022, and to have an amazing, beautiful skate. <laughs> We love you, Uncle Alexi. Please don't don't retire ever. We should put in brackets 2022, comma, 2026, comma. (laughs) 
He just, you know what? He should just be the Oksana Chusevitna of skating. And then he can just go to every single Olympics and party it up because that's in his hobbies. Everyone, every single one. Okay, so let's actually talk about his skating. His short program is to Words by Harold Scott. I hope I pronounced that right. And he had a beautiful triple axel. First off the bat, beautiful triple axel. We all know that. But the sneaky arm tats that were like, that were showing um, beyond his half sleeve, they were a vibe. I really vibed them. I love it. It's like the uncle that shows up who has to like the family barbecue for Easter and he has sneaky He's a cool tats. uncle. He's, he's, the, he's cool the cool uncle. uncle. Yeah. But I really do need to comment on this costume. This is not his energy. This is not an I love partying in every single sport on the planet kind of energy. It's just black top, black pants. But my issue with the costume is that... Maybe he just borrowed them from Danny O'Shea. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But I think my issue with this costume is that every black piece was like a slightly different shade of black. Like he hadn't used like the black woolite detergent for his blacks, some of his... (laughs) black pieces um and the specificities they, yeah and they had kind of turned out to be sort of like a gray um and and also the placing and the the rise of his belt kind of looked like the way that my dad wears his belt and i mean maybe it's fitting because he's an uncle but like i really do think that we need to rethink this whole costume i think that he has more personality than this oh he does maybe he just wants to give off like a more calm like the really not cool uncle, but like respectable uncle vibe in his short program. Because in his free skate, he becomes pirate buddies with Aliona Leonova and he skates to Pirates of the Caribbean. I love this program. I said to every single one of my friends that watches figure skating, my, my two friends that watch figure skating, <laughs> um, that I swear to God, if he gets rid of this program, I quit. Oh, yeah. You know what? Let me let me list what like my favorite quality of this entire program. I love the amount of two foot shuffling he does. Now that is the bane of every skating coach in existence. But him at thirty two at world level, just two foot shuffles, probably for around twenty percent of the entire program. Maybe he's like walking the plank or something. <laughs> I think that's the same kind of shuffle that you it's do in when character. you're on a very thin board to the edge of the ocean. Oh. <laughs> he, like so many other skaters, was so gassed at the end. So, so gassed. But he was smiling. Oh, another thing I did notice was he, in his um, in his choreo sequence, he added in a Philippe Candelaro shout out move. Like if anyone else got that, send us a message because that was pretty dope. It's very Philippe Candelaro vibe, but I love the Pirates of the Caribbean for him. It, I feel like when you I hit 30s, you're just like, all right, I just need to skate to Pirates of the Caribbean. Because you either skate to it when you're like, I don't know, let's say when you're nine and you skate to the Pirates of the Caribbean and it's fun. And then, you know, people say, get serious. And then when you hit your 30s, you're just like, oh, fuck that. Let's let's skate to Pirates of the Caribbean again. Now I'm drunk Jack Sparrow. Hobbies, partying, free skate, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. I, I love it. I hope his hobbies are partying, music, and traveling. Hello, Jack Sparrow. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I hope he brings this to the 2022 Olympics, the 2026 Olympics, and the 2030 Olympics. All Pirates of the Caribbean. Never, ever moving on to another free skate. Oh, love you, Alexei. Thank you. You make everyone's day. Okay, let's talk about Camden Pulkinen, our Jimmy Neutron skater of this event. <sighs> my two, my notes for him for both of his programs were big sigh. 
I just... Okay, first of all, let me tell you all the things that I love about Camden Polkinen because there are truly a lot, okay? First of all, I love this Dennis 10 tribute program. Like, I, the oh. first time that I watched this program, I cried and I didn't make it all the way through it because I was just so, like, emotional about it. And in an interview, he had said, you know, like, I saw Dennis skate this program and I really wanted to skate to this music for him to just pay homage to him. And that just really touched me in a Aww. special way. Um, but also I think that, uh, his free skate costume, this pink and purple tie dye thing with perhaps some slight crossover strings in the front from the year 2014, uh, it had big, if you guys have ever seen Yuri on ice, it had big Georgi energy. He is Georgi because he has the, the, the very, um, the very, uh, I don't know what shapely eyebrows should we call them? Uh, he has the Jimmy yeah. Neutron hair, and he has this very like Georgi vibe with this costume. I, I'm really feeling it. I, I love it. Oh, good call. Very, very good. Thanks, call. Claudia. But, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome. welcome. But. Yeah, his short to Caruso by Josh Groban and Andrea Bocelli and his free skate to Close Your Eyes by Rhodes, they, it just sucks because everyone can see that Camden has quality, he has potential, he has talent, but he just cannot get his shit together. And it just sucks. It's like, it sucks to watch. And of course it like sucks for him because, ugh. I know. But you know what? I love Camden. I just, I want him to skate how he wants to skate because I know that when his jumps are on, they are very on. They just weren't on this time. Ugh. We're still waiting, Camden. We'll, we'll wait for you. We will. We will wait for you, Camden. Come on. You can do it. I just, I just want to like stand on the side and, and sit next to the Nathan Chen sign lady and hold up a Camden Polkinen sign. Oh. Yeah, and he'll be so G'd from it. Maybe he'll, like, actually skate clean. <laughs> yeah. All right. It'll be great. Yeah. Moving on to another 20-year-old, Tomoki Huatashi. Okay, so I love Tomoki. He is such a bean, even though he's 20. He's just – I love him. He's so explosive. It's great. So his short program was to Standard by Leslie Odom. Shout out to Leslie Odom Jr. Great song. Great program. He had a lovely quad toe. There was a nuts lean on the triple axle, but he landed it. Oh, yeah. I literally have in my notes, he's heading the wrong way, exclamation mark. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like, he's one of those people whose Russian splits are actually like, holy shit, that Russian split is so awesome. And it's just, he's a pocket rocket. So great. His free skate was to Take Five by Dave Brubeck and a bunch of other jazz, you know, classics like Harry Connick Jr.'s Blue Light, Red Light and Buddy Rich's Nutville. I'm a big sucker for jazz. You know, Take Five, obviously, so many people have skated to it. Hey, Patrick Chan. Hey, Jeff Buttle. But I love it. Uh, Everyone and anyone can skate to it and I'll still love it. He had a great opening quad toe, triple toe. And yeah, just I love Tomoki. Tomoki's great. I truly love Tomoki. I just think he exudes this like very energetic but kind vibes. Has he got tall energy? 
Oh my gosh, he does have tall energy. Tomoki, you have tall energy. Yay, Tomoki. Oh my gosh, he totally has tall energy. I think that one thing, okay, one thing that I noted in my notes was that his costume uh, appears to have three different vests and a shirt. Is that accurate? Did you see that? He knows what's up. He's going through that whole three-piece suit. He knows what's up. He's got a down pat. We love you, Tomoki. Keep, keep giving us the vibes. That's very tall energy. It's, yeah, it's very tall energy. Yeah. Keep giving us those vibes. Love it. Okay, let's move on to one of our favorites, Keegan Messing. Keegan. Keegan. All right, because I'm running with this theme of like going through everyone's bios, his ISU bio says that his hobbies are dirt and mountain biking, hiking and camping with my wife, fixing cars stilt walking and outdoor rink making oh my gosh wait i have a question for you okay stilt walking tall energy or small energy (laughs) oh i think it's tall energy if you don't fall off it's tall energy (laughs) if you don't fall off it's tall energy no i think any kind of circus adjacent talents are tall energy yeah, just like Mariah Bell exudes tall energy and she can ride a unicycle. Oh, yeah, for sure. Stilt walking and unicycle are totally both tall energy. Keegan, go pick up a unicycle. You like to fix cars. <laughs> I mean, unicycle's got one wheel, but like it kind of qualifies. Um, okay, so talking about his skating now, Perfect by Ed Sheeran was his short program and he's kept this from last season. And I just found it, it was so refreshing to see like world-class skating and edges. Oh, I just, his speed, his edges, his like hella, hella fast spins. And obviously like him, his jumps are literally just yeetage across the ice. It's great. Yeah, I also I also uh, love this combo of the tan shirt and the navy pants. And I especially love the rhinestone buttons on his shirt with the mini rhinestones between the rhinestone buttons. I just think that is such a nice touch to the a tan detail. shirt. Yeah, we love a detail. Yeah. And I feel like uh, the size of his buckle, that's his minimum size. It's smallest he'll ever go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, he also clears my skin with his knee bend. <laughs> your skin with his knee bend oh my skin is great now after watching that program (laughs) both programs skin skin will never i will never have clogged pores again after these two Uh, programs true true although i might like i felt one poor clog when he stumbled in his step sequence like his edges were too deep and he just you could see him laughing to himself and that was just funny like of course everyone hello dima aliyev hello aliana kostanaya just decides to do a great program then like stumble or fall in the step sequence it's great oh yeah this is like mariah bell at nationals in the britney spears where she's like going for it and then there's this gif of brady and amber and they're sitting on the side and they like collectively (gasps) gasp this is that energy yeah yes yes you know you're a good skater when you do everything well except for your step sequence Uh, or like Mariah Bell. I don't know why we're talking about Mariah Bell in a men and ice dance episode, but when she got off the ice and she just slid very Alan Nathan Chen. Oh, yes. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Back to Keegan Messing. His free skate was to November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Absolute king. It was great. I, I loved, I mean, it was very, <laughs> it was very Philippe Candeloro wild-esque energy. Like he just 
that, that, that stumble on the flip at the end. He was just going for it and just loving what he was doing. So like, I didn't really mind. I don't think he minded either. No, I don't think so. But I think that what Keegan brought to this competition was just like a genuine like love of skating. And like he really kind of all of his like press conference interviews and stuff really just kind of exuded like how much he truly like is missing from the season because he is the only Canadian athlete yeah. here. And in it, this quote, uh, he said he dedicated his skates to Team Canada. He said he misses them. Um, like in the Kiss and Cry, Aww. he was literally like he wore his uh, Alberta cowboy Keegan hat. uniform of <laughs> Yes, the the cowboy hat and the red Canada jacket. You know, he was like pointing at Canada on his back. He was like screaming supportive things and him and Nam like tweeting back and forth. Like I just, I I just, I love this. I love everything that kind of that he said and was just bringing into this competition. Um, I also appreciate that in the press conference, he said, you know, during these times, it's so hard, everyone's going through something. Uh, And that he said, you know, go support your local businesses. I also implore on all of you, please support your local businesses, especially kind of like through this holiday season, it can really kind of make or break them. So if you have the choice, yeah, to not buy something from Amazon or like a big box store, please, please choose to, even if it's a little bit more expensive, you know, choose to purchase gifts at your local businesses yeah support the community around you thanks keegan for saying that thanks keeks we love you keeks we also love that hella awesome hydro blade that we mentioned obviously in our intro and oh my god he got snow in his hair Ugh, it was great i mean watching that my quads were burning <laughs> yeah quad burn just watching it yeah but I mean, obviously, he didn't skate his technical best, but I think he just uh, was relishing in the fact that he could skate on competitive ice and represent Canada. It was just very, very wholesome. It was extremely wholesome. I think that he was, like, for sure the highlight of the men's event for me. Oh, yeah. Somebody, though, who pipped Keegan to second place was Vincent Zoe. So he has a new short program to Vincent's Starry Starry Night by Josh Groban, although personally... I think the Leanne Le Harvest version is really, really, really good, and he should try that one out instead of Josh Groban. Anyway, one note. The ISU commentator, not just the commentator, but the ISU kind of graphic listed his coaches. <laughs> instead of Mia Hamada, they said Mick Hamoda. Mick and, <laughs> oh, no. And I was just like, oh, oh no. you need a spell checker. That was big face palm big big face palm do your research folks it's not even research it's just freaking copy and paste <laughs> copy and paste from the bloody internet like oh or at least gosh. put your glasses on okay but the quad lords triple toe that he did in a short was so stellar i was like yes good on you it was a good program i enjoyed it you can clearly tell that he was like a lot more expressive than he usually is and that's obviously because he's connected to this program so good on you vincent however his free skate which is to algorithm by muse eh, i kind of didn't feel as much also what like what's with that tiny bit of mesh it's the peekaboo mesh that he borrowed like he must have borrowed that from zach donahue like just (laughs) maybe they shared one 
tiny piece of mesh from Joanne's fabrics and had to share it between the two. Yeah, of them. maybe they were just like, oh, there's not enough mesh fabric. I want some, you want some, let's divvy it up because then we won't get <laughs> mesh. Even if it's just a sliver, just to cover like that single chest hair. It's <laughs> yeah, good enough. But yeah, I didn't, it just didn't really click. You could tell that he was thinking really, really hard about what's coming up next and focusing. He did a great quad lutz though. So like, good on ya. Yeah, I think that I can really tell that he is like working on things like his under rotations, which he is called on quite frequently. I do like this short program a lot better than the one from last season. Yeah. I mean, I know that yeah. last season he was kind of coming back from studying. You know, we didn't really know what to expect. And I think this season, too, I didn't really know what to expect with him. But I do like the short program a lot better than last season. Uh, just a total random note that I have to let you know is we were watching um, the men's oh my programs God. Okay, with my daughter. About. It was like me and my daughter and we were watching it. So for those of you that don't know, my daughter is almost two. Um, so she's she's a tiny toddler. And usually when we watch things that aren't like animated, she's just not really into it. However, when Vincent was in the free skate or when Vincent was in the free skate. However, when Vincent was in the kiss and cry, my daughter marched right up to the TV screen. And so Vincent blew a kiss at everyone and my daughter blew a kiss right at him. Vincent waved at everyone and my daughter waved right at him. And then what he did was he took the hand sanitizer from the kiss and cry and like very obviously like pumped a pump out of the pumped some hand sanitizer out of the bottle. And then he was like pointing to the social distancing uh, memo underneath it. And my daughter extended her hand to Vincent so he could give her some hand sanitizer and then stepped back from the TV and rubbed her hands together. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so precious. It was the sweetest thing I've ever seen. So uh, Vincent, if you are uh, meeting small fans, my daughter is a a big fan. So hit me up if you feel like signing some autographs for a small small toddler. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. And yes, like definitely take this as a huge compliment because just like her mother little miss pie doesn't like anything that's not animated so having a real person that she vibes with is big this is a very big compliment vincent i think i think you're 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 in the good books (laughs) yeah okay let's round off men's and this episode with really the man of the event mr nathan chen Yeah, our man of the hour, Nathan Chen, uh, who really doesn't appear to have taken very much of an off-season. I mean, in the short program. We'll we'll talk about the free skate later. But uh, he, in an interview, he said that he is not currently enrolled at Yale. Um, He said that he was having a little bit of an issue with the online learning, and he wanted to really just focus on his training for this season and next season. So he has a couple of new programs, which I so appreciate uh, because I... I, I mean, I really thought that he was going to keep the Elton John, but he has introduced our favorite man, Philip Glass. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you for listening to my prayers. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. Uh, he has introduced Philip Glass for his free skate. And for the short program, it is to Desperado. And for his short program, he is really, he's tucking in his shirt. He appears to have added a jacket from Le Chateau. Shout out to all of our Canadians. Le Chateau from from 2005. It's slightly cropped and it 
Uh, it's not my favorite jacket. It bunches a little when he lifts his arms, but I'm glad that he is taking a step outside of his box for his new costume. Yeah, you know, he's gotten himself a new item in this closet. We all know that he has fantastic, you know, dinner date shirts, and now we have a casual dinner date jacket to go with it. So just good on you, Nathan. Great. However, love it. Complete the outfit. Yeah, complete the outfit. Say yes to the jacket. But <laughs> I didn't feel like the costume fit the music of Asturias and Desperado. Like, I felt like he could have, like, the jacket's not my fave, but, like, it was a bit of an odd choice. Maybe, yeah, maybe he just took it from his closet on the way down because his, you know, his costume's not ready yet, but... Yeah, I, I think that his costumes change a lot over the season, so I don't think that this will be his his final costume, but No, there were like fifty million, you know, variations on Nemesis and all of them were great. You know, I just love Nemesis in general, but yeah, so about his actual skating, he did he did what Nathan does. Uh great technical score, obviously. He you know, hundred and eleven points, far and away above everyone else and he got three tens in his pcs which i mean yeah sure but judge number two gave him an 8.75 for transitions uh where like the whole average pcs score seemed to hang around 9.5 and 9.75 so eh, shaylin might be mad (laughs) shaylin might be mad uh i'm definitely not mad about the free skate which i think that the consensus on the internet is I mean, no, this, this is there is no consensus on the internet. I think that reactions are a little bit mixed. And I understand because I loved Elton John, okay? Like, yeah. it was so fresh, so fun in person. Like, it really just, like, lights up the whole arena. I love the Elton John. But this is so, like, different from the Elton John that I think it's just a big shift. But I love this just as much as the Elton John. I think that people talk about – I think I talked about this in the ISB Points Challenge when he did this as well – but I, I think people, one of people's biggest gripes with Nathan is that he talks about or people like to emphasize or put in his narrative that he has ballet training, right? And people are like, where is your ballet training, Nathan? And I think that in this piece, he can show some of that off. And I definitely see it. Yeah. And it really brings a new level to his already like amazing skating. And it's getting to a point where he's really pushing the limit and competition with Yuzu. We all know that Yuzu is the goat and he's an amazingly fluid and lyrical skater and that's the big point of difference between him and nathan but in this philip glass free skate you can really see the improvement just the little tiny details that show his ballet training his focus on really improving that area of his artistry now yes we don't get the fun of elton john and all the bright costumes that we got with it like the bus seat shirt but we get a really solid program instead except for here when he's popped a few jumps like come on nathan get your shit together oh no i had flashbacks to 2017 no stop these edge jumps, he just they he ugh, he just doesn't like them. The 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 axle and the cell, they're just not his buddies. He had I, such a good run with the axle. He had such a good straight going. I know. Uh, alas, but I mean, everything was made up for me personally by that quad toe Euler triple flip. Like that was prime. Thank you, thank Love you it. for that. And your hair, your hair was your hair was so on point. The hair it was, was great. great. Yeah, the hair I, was great. 
I hope that this Axel and this Sal are just, you know, a one-off and that they don't continue to haunt him. I think that with his level of training, right, he's gotten them before, he will get them again. And like he was saying in the press conference, like, you know, like I made a couple of mistakes, but if there's anything that I know, it's that I always review my tapes and I always go back and improve. So I have yeah. confidence that this was kind of a one-off and that they will not necessarily, this won't happen again. I mean, at least I, I would hope not. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to see a uh, situation like the Triple Axel and the Triple Axel's relationship with Patrick Chan. Oh, no. No, not that, please. It, it still haunts hmm. me. It haunts me, too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Nathan, for giving us two awesome, although free skate wasn't so awesome, two awesome skates and pretty much just, it, it's a runaway victory. It was his to lose and he, he stayed on top. Yeah. But, yeah. That's it for the men's. That's it for Ice Dance. That's it for this episode. But we still have the kiss and cry to go. So let's get into that. So to kick off our kiss and cry, of course, we are going to recommend a book to you guys that was inspired by one of the programs that we saw in Men Slash Dance. I mean, this one particularly was inspired by a program by Uncle Bichenko. I had to choose a pirate book like you could not tell me to come on this episode and be like maybe we shouldn't choose a pirate book because I would have just told you that I was going to choose a pirate book it was the only choice it was the only choice it was the only choice truly um so this is a book that was definitely inspired by or I guess the choice was inspired by Alexei Bichenko's Pirates of the Caribbean Free Skate and the book that we chose is called The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea by Maggie Takuda Hall this book takes place aboard the by Ugh. This book takes place aboard the pirate ship called Dove, and Flora, who is a girl, takes on the identity of Florian, who is a man, because in pirate culture, if you will, uh, men are more highly respected. These pirates who are on the ship have a plan to sell passengers into slavery, one of whom is Lady Evelyn Hasegawa, who is betrothed to someone in an arranged marriage. They plan their escape together, but on the way they encounter, just like the title claims, mermaids, witches, and the sea, which is in some parts somewhat personified. My favorite thing about this book personally was that all of the characters are super complex and in some way morally gray. There is definitely not a clear distinction of who the author wrote that the reader should, I guess, quote unquote, should root for. Um, this book does so much by way of representation. Our main characters are black and gender fluid, and the other is Japanese and identifies as lesbian. There's also a whole bunch of social commentary on things like imperialism and colonialism. There are characters that experience discrimination because of classism, casteism, race, and identity. I think that this book does so much. It is a fun adventure. It's got commentary on our contemporary society, and most importantly, it was inspired by Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> Free Skate from Alexei Bachenko. Thanks, Alexei. So again, Thanks, Uncle Bachenko, for giving us this inspiration. <laughs> thanks so much, Alexei. Uh, so again, this book is called The Mermaid, the Witch, and the Sea by Maggie Takuda Hall. Yeah, everybody go give that book a read if you want. It is in honor of Uncle Bachenko, so pretty much you it's necessary. Um, it's, it's a necessity. It's a necessity. But yet, speaking about the kiss and cry, I want to touch on the lack of audience at this event. Obviously, 
the kiss and cry is an area where skaters go and digest everything and kind of respond to the crowd when or like before and after their scores. But yeah, I mean, a lot of skaters said during press that they really appreciated the audience noises. And I think, you know, that's very, very obvious because even even though the audio was like really stop and start and you could really tell when the audio person was just like, oh, I, I need to put this in now. Or like the really awkward delay between the music finishing and the audio coming in and everyone just like screaming. Um, even though that bit was awkward, I think everyone appreciated that it was a consideration and it was, you know, put in. Yeah, definitely. I So I watched this interview with Nathan on Instagram Live. He did this interview for the Olympic channel on Instagram. And the person interviewing was actually Nick McCarvel from the Ice Talk podcast. I mean, he's not there anymore. But um, so Nathan was basically saying, so Nick asked him, like, how did you feel without an audience, you know, with all the changes because of COVID? And Nathan said that the parts that were super different without an audience uh, were first, number one, after each big element, there's usually kind of like a reaction to each big element. Um, And also leading up to the end, there's usually kind of like a big crescendo to the end. And it is definitely less impactful without an audience. Um, But I did... This is not a part of Nathan's interview, but one thing that I really appreciated was that like the two people that were there clapped extremely enthusiastically, you know, just like the organizers and like the woman waiting to open the door. I I really appreciated their enthusiasm. (laughs) Oh, some claps are better than none. And look, they tried their best. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Uh, Oh, speaking about Nathan, I have to bring this up and it's perfect for Kiss and Cry, right? So... In the lead up to Skate America, we saw videos, uh, like stories and a post on Instagram from Nathan of him driving a really expensive looking Toyota to Vegas. And it's kind of like a promo with the USFS. And like it was with the crew of like with him and Mariah, with Caitlin and Jean-Luc. And it's just like, it's so extra, (laughs) but I'm here for this content. (laughs) It was good content, very Vegas. I will take all the content I can get, truly. Um, I just wanted to be in that car. Yes. <laughs> I think that would be, I think it would have been super fun to just ride in that car to Vegas with, with the buddies and a spons- sponsored, hashtag sponsored by USFS and Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Team Toyota. Hashtag Team Toyota. Um, one of the other, I guess, slightly more serious pieces of news, but also definitely worth talking about a lot was... There was an article written about Rachel Parsons, who used to be partnered with Michael Parsons, her brother, for Ice Dance, but uh, for the past couple seasons has not. Uh, Obviously, we talked about them earlier, but there was an article written that my friend had sent me that Rachel Parsons attended a protest after the murder of George Floyd, and she had attended this protest kind of like in the front lines and she was hit by a rubber bullet at the protest. She is okay. Um, She just wanted to talk to a news outlet uh, with regards to kind of like why she was there and the reactions that she had gotten from it. And basically she had said like, I really feel the need to speak up about this. You know, I want to use my voice and my platform for this purpose. And she had also like specifically said in the interview that she did not tell her parents about it, like where she would be and how in what capacity she would be participating in the protests. But she was like, I want to be on the front lines. Like, I want to use my voice for this. And I mean, at the risk of kind of making this article all about her, right, because this is not 
where the focus should be right in the Black Lives Matter movement shouldn't be on white voices. But I just wanted to bring this up because I thought I definitely think that figure skaters should talk about where they stand with kind of just like the humanity of people in the world right now. It's just so important that we all stand for human rights and we stand for equity and equality and justice. And I think that Rachel was doing 100% of that by attending this protest in this manner. Yeah, and she's really leading the front on getting more and more people integrated and aware of the social context around them. And that's also something very important, especially for the youth. And it's something that Nathan also touched on in his Insta Live with Nick McCarvel, saying that he's, you know, really trying to get more into social activism and social justice and becoming more aware of his surroundings and, yeah, his environment. So, yeah, it's been, it's really great to hear about these people who are trying to do their bit for society. So, yeah, good on them. For sure. On a different note, we also wanted to wish a very happy 20th birthday to Vincent Joe. His birthday is actually today on August 25th. So happy birthday, Vincent. Happy birthday, Vincent. Hopefully Skate America was a great present. But yeah, let's, (laughs) yeah, let's leave off with a happy birthday to Vincent. That seems like a good note to end this episode. So that's it for dance and men at Skate America. But not to worry, in our next episode, we will be recapping pairs and ladies. I am Joss, and you can come and chat with us at Lutz, L-U-T-Z, Get Down Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to work with us, shoot us an email at LutzGetDownPod at gmail.com. Hey, I'm Claudia, and if you like this podcast and love Caitlin and Jean-Luc, but kind of miss Swan Luke, <laughs> please visit wherever you listen to podcasts and give us some five-star love. We'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.